0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the B podcast, a podcast where we speak to leaders from around the world. And I'm not talking about political leaders, that's rather controversial in these times. I'm talking about thought leaders. I'm talking about business leaders, people who can actually change your lives, people who can tell you what you should do with your businesses, what you can do with your lives, with your jobs. And today, my guest is somebody who can really inspire you to change your life. My guest today, all the way from LA, is Jason Peterson. He's an entrepreneur, innovator, CEO. He's done so many things in life that I think we'll probably need like 10 episodes to talk about each one of them. And maybe that's not enough as well. So Jason, uh, you know, one of the things that you're known for is, you know, saving the music industry. So maybe you can share a bit about how you did that with the listeners.
1: Well, I appreciate the kind words. I don't know if I can be singularly credited with saving the music industry, but, uh, I did, I was a part of the early group of people who saw digital coming and we uh, we helped further the transition that has now occurred and and music, music industry specifically uh, has never been healthier. It's growing like crazy. Uh, You've got 5 billion people around the world with access to high-speed wireless internet, smartphones, right. increasing population around the world that have banking relationships. So they have a credit card or a debit card or a bank account and can participate mm. in e-commerce and they're buying music subscriptions. They're watching advertising, which which is monetized for music owners and generally growing the music industry quite quickly. Uh, we went through a really hard time though, you know, with Napster and Grokster and LimeWire and the whole, p2p era which happened around the turn of the millennium right the music industry didn't know how to respond yeah. and uh, the recording industry association of america sued fourteen thousand americans for trading files the record companies were selling compact disc cds for something like 18.99 retail so 19 us and uh, they were forcing the bundle consumers didn't like that they had the free alternative of file sharing and that really created a hard time for the music industry for about 15 years from about 2001 2002 until about uh, the end of 2015 and uh thanks to daniel Eck and spotify and the rest of the uh streaming revolution we're back the music industry the recording music industry specifically is growing over 20 percent a year and and we expect it to, uh, to triple in size in the next ten. Yeah, years.
0: that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing when you sort of uh, you know crystallize it like that. It did take quite a while for the music industry to sort of. Democratize as they say, right? So, although so many things had been, education had been, you know, information had been in so many different forms. And yet it took quite a while for, you know, music industry to do that. And, and actually for somebody to do it right, right? So, that's, that's also one of the things. And there were a lot of failed attempts. And I remember those days. Uh, of the government suing people and, you know, and it's just, uh, scary days. And, you know, people just thought, Oh my God, <laughs> what, what I've been doing is so uh, terrible and illegal. And, you know, now it looks like, you know, such a distant memory. And I'm glad for where the music industry is thanks to, uh, leaders like yourself. So tell us, uh, you know, more about, you know, your various businesses, you know, you, uh, Obviously, you yeah, are the chairman of the Go Digital Media Group. You manage multiple companies. You recently acquired Yoga Works. I believe that's an area of interest as well. So, I mean, since you do so much, I mean, I just wanted to understand, uh, you know, your own journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, how did you sort of think that I'll be an entrepreneur? You talked about working in the movie industry for quite a while as well. And so, f- firstly, you know, for all those uh, listeners listening in who are probably let's say, stuck in their jobs, you know, like a lot of my friends are very high paying jobs, bankers or whatever. But they just, you know, after a few drinks, they all want to pursue their passion. And then the next morning, the grind starts all over again. And then, you know, so so what's the first thing that you would share with people? And not just that, right? People have responsibilities. How would you say that, uh, you know, a person can continue to push their boundaries and sort of keep reinventing themselves the way you have managed to do
1: well at the end of the day i think life's all about how we feel right the quality of our life if you think about it is really the quality of our emotions and so i would certainly uh advocate for anybody to pursue what their passions are and i tell people all the time look for your zone of genius your zone of genius is really the intersection of your god-given talents if you will the things that you are good at with what you love to do right and i always give the example of um you know i mean honestly this example applies to me i was an athlete growing up still am and uh and a musician and in both cases it actually applies to both cases i was pretty good i was okay but i wasn't great and so like in the athletics context for example if somebody wants to be a professional athlete but they're not quite built for it right they're not tall enough or they don't jump high enough or whatever the thing is Mm -hmm. but maybe they're good with numbers right so they become an accountant for example Mm -hmm. well they could very easily be a business manager or an accountant for athletes right and that might be their zone of genius applying what they're good at which is which is numbers. Mm what they like, which is sports, right? And in my case, I like creative endeavors. I like creating things. I like sharing with other people. And, you know, I was a musician growing up. I played piano, played saxophone. I was in jazz band in high school. I convinced our principal when I was 16 years old, who was musically inclined because he had a son in a very popular uh, rock band here in the U.S. to allow me to make a full-length motion picture while I was in high school which was good for high school, but terrible generally, (laughs) Um, you know, and and I was doing all these creative things. And then when I went to college at the university of Southern California, I found a bunch of really, really talented, creative people. And I realized I'm not the only talented creative person in the room, Mm. but what there wasn't was anyone to handle their business. Right. And I have a real, I'm a very structured thinker. I have a real knack for Mm. numbers. I am a, at mm. this point, I'm a licensed attorney. I went to law school. Mm. And so it became very obvious to me very quickly that I had a business mind in addition to a creative mind. And in this ecosystem that I was a part of at the University of Southern California, which is the epicenter of, of the film and television industry in Los Angeles, right. there wasn't anybody to handle the business end of things for the creatives. So I became the business end of things for creative people. And I've made a career out of being the business end of things for creative people. And that's been my zone of genius. It's the intersection of what I'm good at with what I like. So that's what I would advocate to anybody that's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or pursuing a passion. You know, again, the quality of your life is the quality of your emotions. It's all about how you feel if you are living in your zone of genius and connecting what you're good at with what you like. It's going to be a fantastic ride.
0: Absolutely. I think that's, that's uh, invaluable, right? What you just shared in terms of the quality of life is the quality of your emotions, right? So in the sense that I'm sure a lot of people are just miserable with their you know, lives just because of the way they feel, right? And they the way they feel. So I was speaking to this banker the other day and, you know, and he just took a massive step down and he's doing something in the finance industry and i said so how do you feel and he said liberated i i feel great <laughs> so i think that's that's uh, wonderful you know that you shared that and the second thing that you uh, pointed out is the fact that you know if you're not a sports person if you're not a musician yourself but if you are passionate about it you can always play a very important role within that industry so so it's not that everyone's not created equal everyone Does not, you know, if you love basketball and if you are not that tall or whatever else it might be, you know, there are so many other things that you can do. So, and I think one of the things uh, is to sort of stay alive to those possibilities as well. That's, that's really important as well. So, so tell me, uh, you know, how do you, if at all, I mean, if you, if I uh, listen to your story, it doesn't feel like you do, but do you feel that fear? you know, that, that, that fear that causes that inertia that stops people from doing what they want to do? Like, how do you go ahead and just sort of create a new company and acquire a new company? And, you know, I'm sure there is some hesitation there. And so how, how, how would you say, uh, you, you would overcome that, right?
1: You just hit on the single most important topic that we could possibly talk about in the context of being an entrepreneur. Or honestly, a business person, in my opinion. Right. I can't tell you how many times I have encountered people who have brilliant ideas. Right. They've invented something that could change the world, that could make life better for millions of people. Right. But they're too afraid mm. to do anything about it. They're too afraid to bring this invention to market or to talk about it, because in most cases, they fear rejection. They fear abandonment. Right. Ultimately, what that goes to is a feeling of being unloved, a feeling of being a child thrown out in the woods to be eaten by wolves. Right. It's a very primal feeling. And the feeling of being afraid is the single most often felt emotion, in my opinion, that keeps people from being successful in life. Right. And in business. And so I've done everything I can. For especially the last 10 years, to metabolize any latent fear based holding patterns that I have mm-hmm. in my psychology. And I've done a lot of work with uh, different experts. Uh, absolutely recommend Dr. Robert Miller in image transformation therapy. Uh, he developed this technique uh, here in California uh, with the military. To treat right. post-traumatic stress uh, disorder in uh, okay. Marines coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan. And it's incredibly effective. Everybody, and I mean everybody, is traumatized. You know, we were bullied in school. Uh, parents got divorced. Um, whatever, right? So we were all traumatized in some way, shape or form throughout our life. And, and it can, can traumas can continue to occur, right? And the question becomes, do we have the tools to deal with the trauma right because if we don't it has a compound effect and we'll find ourselves not conscious we'll find ourselves having emotional patterns that create behavioral patterns because what happens and i was just talking to a professor at stanford who was who was illustrating this to me what happens is before we act the part of the brain that feels emotion is activated so it's literally emotion mm. and then motor cortex right so if we even blink or smile or anything it's the result of an emotion wow and so you know we're 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 100 driven by emotion we make decisions based on how we feel big brands like coca-cola have known this for 100 years that's why they sell happiness right (laughs) Right? ads for coca-colas aren't saying they're not technical. They're like, oh, you know, this ingredient is going to increase your blood pressure. If you have low blood pressure, they're not selling something like that. They're literally selling the feeling of happiness, right? And, and because they understand that we as humans make decisions based on how we feel. So again, the number one thing we can do for ourselves in life and in business is to confront our fears, to confront our stored fear-based holding patterns. And we all have them. We all have behavioral patterns in life that come from latent trauma, and we've got to get ahead of that. We've got to metabolize it. We've got to get it out of our body. Our nervous system has memory, and we've got to metabolize it through. And then the most amazing things happens. Our feeling state changes. It's not conscious. Our feeling state just changes. And as a result, our behaviors change. Wow, yeah. And I had a very significant fear of abandonment for a long time, and I had to do the work, and that unlocked everything for me.
0: Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, thanks for sharing that. I mean, you know, very personal and, you know, and, and that's when, you know, it's the most inspiring because, you know, and and thanks, you know, sort of for letting the listeners know that, you know, we are all vulnerable. We are all uh, dealing with something. So, you know, so if if as a listener, you're thinking right now, you know, why me, then I mean, that's the worst thing that you can sort of do to yourself it's all of us, right? So just embrace it. And, you know, what Jason said, sort of work on it, right? We all have to work through it. And and the fact is, that's probably holding you back. And again, there are so many ways to do that. And, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, watching some spiritual leader talking about the fact that, you know, we die every night and then we wake up the next morning. So, you know, so much of the things that we worry about, so much of the anxiety, right? The failure, the abandonment, it doesn't even matter, right? In the long term, it doesn't even matter. So, right, just get up and do the things that you really want to do. And, and and I guess one of the things that's important and, and Tony Robbins talks about it is the pull factor, right? So if you keep pushing yourself to do something, you'll probably feel the fatigue, you'll feel the exhaustion, you'll feel like... You know why you're doing it but if you get up in the morning and you know again like your story you know music's always been in your life and you know sports and uh, you know and that sort of keeps you going as well so which brings me to the next question I believe you're quite uh, you know passionate about uh, you know body movement and I guess that's one of the reasons you acquired yoga Works. so maybe you can share with the listeners what yoga works is and what sort of got you to acquire, and what, what can we expect?
1: That's a great question. Yoga Works is one of, if not the oldest yoga studio business in the United States. It helped create this culture of yoga that we now have in the United States. Right. And uh, it had become the largest uh, yoga studio business in the U.S. It was traded on the NASDAQ. And then with COVID, of course, got into trouble when they had to close all their studios. Right. They've since, uh, in partnership uh, with us, uh, reinvented themselves as I like to say, the Peloton of yoga, right. where you have tens of thousands of people logging in to do yoga online, on demand, or in live classes. We like we coined this term two way live. Right. So you're in a live class, you can see the teacher, the teacher can see you. And, uh, you know, it's, we view it, uh, to be simple about it as a health and wellness network. So again, we have two divisions in our business, music and networks. And you think about a network in the traditional sense, you think of like a broadcast TV network, right? It's a linear experience or maybe a cable TV network. But today with the over the top explosion, right? A network is not purely broadcast on TV. I mean, you can look at the major historically major networks like HBO, yeah and, and they're not just broadcast on TV right they're multi platform they're available on any device they're a hybrid of on demand and linear uh mm-hmm. some are subscription business models some are free ad supported business models some are both so yoga works today is is largely a network right it's it's a multi platform network you can log in on your various devices and engage in health and wellness programming and uh you know what we're doing with networks is essentially building the Viacom of the OTT revolution which is a group of special interest channels we have a company named Latino Music which is essentially MTV in Spanish right we have a company called MiTu Networks MITU Networks that's something like Buzzfeed for Latinx audiences in the US right and then we have YogaWorks which is a, which is a health and wellness network
0: yeah that's that's wonderful i mean firstly i'm very happy you're uh, doing something with yoga and you know uh reviving yoga so I think you're the real revival man Jason right so whether it's music whether it's yoga and and I'm glad you're doing that and it's something that people desperately need in today's day and age and 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 again it's the democratization of you know something which uh, was accessible only to a few people right so and now it's available and another thing they talk about and Spiritually speaking, I mean, since yoga being the union of the mind, body and the soul is the fact one of the very important things uh, for for you to sort of succeed. And that's not just applicable for yoga for any sort of sort of good habit that you want to form or positive change that you want to make is that you should uh, have like minded people uh working with you right so and then this network effect that you're talking about this community and you know people can join so for instance if my neighbors are not interested in uh, yoga i may have a community that i can rely on anywhere in the world and 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 that's that's fabulous and and so would uh people from asia for instance or people from any part of the world be able to sign up for these lessons and you know be part of all the yoga works activities no Our
1: plan is to take YogaWorks Global. Right now, all the programming is in English, and it's typically timed for the live classes for the time zones in the United States. Mm. We do intend, however, though, to roll out YogaWorks in other countries, in the local languages, local time zones. Mm. We're looking for the best ways to do that. So you certainly will see it available in localized versions around the world if you wanted to log in today and participate in English language programming live in, two, in a two-way live environment, you could do that. Uh, you can also uh, do it on demand anytime you like.
0: Right. Wonderful. So for all of you who are in Asia and are insomniacs and you're up, you know, just go and do some yoga and that'll help you sleep as well. Do some yoga nidra as they call it. So that'll, that'll be very useful. So, Jason, I mean, that's that that's fabulous, right? So uh, tell me, you know, you talked about uh, something very powerful earlier. You talked about the fact that, you know, you love sharing, right? So for instance, I think if I look at a pattern and I probably shouldn't be looking at patterns or something, you know, you've done so much in your life is the fact that you look at music and, you know, you started with ad share and you found a way to monetize music on YouTube after that whole uh, Napster era was gone, and then now you're doing it with Yoga Works or something. How much of it is uh, driven by business, and how much of it is driven by your maybe an innate desire to share with everyone whatever is available?
1: Thank you for framing it that way. I'm trying to operate in my zone of genius, right, which is being the business end of things for creative people and building and sharing uh culturally significant content with the world and so for music it all starts you know really for any of it video included it all starts with a vision mm. and in the early 2000s i was looking at cell phones mm. and mp3 players discmans walkmans going why would you carry two right and this preceded iTunes, this preceded the iPod. And then when Apple launched iTunes, launched the iPod, YouTube launched in 2005, you know, th- these were all validating uh, activities that occurred out in the market. Right. I decided to launch the company and start to do something about it. And, and, and to your point, we were the first company in the world helping Google, who had bought YouTube, identify, track, and monetize all this user-uploaded content that was going on the platform, much of which incorporates professional content. Right. And so, you know, that and my prior activities, producing movies, commercials, and television are all geared towards creating and distributing content that we can share as a community. I personally didn't know it at the time when I started my career, but I love music more than any media format. Right. It is the form of media that most quickly impacts your emotions. Yeah. If you've ever tried to watch a TV show or a movie with no sound. It has no emotional impact, yeah yet you can listen to an Adele song and start crying you know in the, you know in a few seconds. so you know music to me really impacted my emotions, and that's that's why I've spent so much of my career and, and, and so much of our company in the music space. but uh, I'm just trying to live in my zone of genius again, you know doing what I love uh, in an area where i'm I'm talented,
0: right. And, and I'm, I'm I'm so glad that, you know, you answered this question uh, the way you did and thank you for, you know, your honesty about it. And, and I mean, again, because firstly, it it does not have to be a business decision or a personal decision, right? So for instance, uh, it, you don't have to choose. It's not an either or situation. It's like, you can be absolutely passionate about something and really be good at something, and you have the God given right to monetize it and make your life better. And, you know, so this whole, you know, sometimes it's just like, uh, people try to make you feel guilty for your own success, you know, and, and that's a bit of a strange thing as well. And that's a pattern that I've seen with some entrepreneurs as well. And something that we all need to unlearn, right? If, if we do fall into, you know, that trap, because, you know, sometimes it, it, it does happen. The other thing that, you know, that 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 you mentioned, which was really phenomenal is, you know, you, you spoke about it earlier about the fact that, you know, if you're not good at something, you know, it, it's fine, right? So, for instance, one of the things I don't live with many regrets or what ifs in my life, but one of the things I've always felt is what if I was a musician or I wish I was a musician or something, right? Because, like you said, it's the one form of art, if you can call it that, or, you know, it's so much more than just a, an art form is it it can have the most sort of immediate effect, like you mentioned. And also the fact that it's truly moving. It's truly life-changing. So I really do wish sometimes that I was. And, but based on what you said earlier, I mean, I'll try to get rid of my limitations. Maybe there's something for me to do in the music industry, <laughs> you know, just because I'm not a musician uh, shouldn't stop me from doing that. So so jason you know with so much going on you know in your involvement with in music you know you are on the board of so many companies uh you know with yoga works what's your uh what's on your you know sort of agenda for 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 the months to come right we live in dystopian times and we live in these strange times with this pandemic What are some of the things that you are very passionate about? And, you know, like you were talking about your zone of genius, what is that going to produce soon? Or is it something uh, that's already in the works?
1: Well, before I answer that question, I want to back up to your commentary for a second. You know, I, I think it's really important that people do what they love, not necessarily for the money. And if you do it really well, the money will come. That said, I also think it's really important, and I've experienced this firsthand, that as entrepreneurs, we execute in large and fast growing markets. And I define a large market as 10 billion US dollars a year or more Mm -hmm. and growing. I've certainly gotten into a couple of industries, digital media supply chain was one of them, which Mm -hmm. was a small and shrinking market. Right. Price competition. And it doesn't matter how well you execute, if you're in a small and shrinking market, you're not going to do well. Whereas if it's a large and fast-growing market, the rising tide will raise all boats. So something to keep in mind. With regard to your question about you know, where are things going, what are we doing? Uh, you know We have a vision on the one hand in our music division to build the what we would call the fourth major music company. There's Universal, Sony, and uh, Warner Brothers today. Right. Uh, we'd like to be the fourth major. And on the network side, I used the analogy earlier, we're building the Viacom of the -the over-the-top video revolution. We had broadcast for a long time, then we had cable TV. Now we have internet-delivered video, commonly called over-the-top video. And those are the the two primary pillars on which we're operating today. Uh, You will see a third pillar. We're working on a third pillar in e-commerce here in the US. Uh, The uh, retail, the commerce business generally is about a $4 trillion a year business. And the e-commerce component in 2019 was $600 billion a year. Of that $4 trillion, right. that increased almost 50% in one year. It added more than $200 billion, wow. closer to $300 billion mm-hmm. in market size in one year due to the strange times, as you said, with COVID. That is an enormous and fast-growing market. And we feel like with a lot of the marquee brands that we have in our portfolio, Yoga Works is a great example, we should have a commerce offering, right? YogaWorks created the market mm. that you see companies like Lululemon and Alo Yoga inhabiting, companies that sell tons of merchandise. Mm. Uh, you know, yoga pants for women have become uh, sort of like an everyday item. They can dress them up. They can dress them down. They're not just for athletics. Yeah. And uh, yet, YogaWorks has taken no part in the development of the apparel industry around yoga wear. Mm. So you know, you'll see us uh, spinning up a commerce pillar. That will be the third pillar of the group. In
0: years to come. Wow, that sounds exciting. I mean, there is definitely a lot of action. You know, there's so many wonderful things that you've sort of shared with us today, you know, from sort of, you know, overcoming your fears and the fact that, you know, everyone has them and, you know, you just have to acknowledge them and work through them from the point of, you know, the fact that you have to recognize what you're good at and what you're passionate about and find the genius zone. Like you said, that's, that's, that's fantastic. It'll stay with me uh, for, for a long, long time. And then of course, the fact that, you know, from a business point of view as well, you know, just the kind of uh, industry that you pick. Right. And that's, that's a valuable point as well. So sometimes, you know, I've seen and we work a lot with uh, startups and I've seen that entrepreneurs get very carried away with a certain emerging technology and they don't realize sometimes uh, that is not either a large enough uh, industry, or is not fast growing enough, or not fast growing enough yet. So that's a very, very important point as well. And and finally, you know, your your love for sharing, and uh, you know, keep that going. And thank you so much for sharing with us today, Jason Peterson. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a wonderful conversation. We learned a lot. I'm sure you inspired thousands and thousands of people today. Thank you. Are you itching for a good story, laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kids is a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three hour long story, like a movie for your ears. So you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast: fantasy, action, mystery, French.